Hello, 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 adoptees, friends and families of adoptees, all the people interested in adoptee-related issues. What is going on? I am Mike McDonald. This is my podcast. This is my show. It's called The Rambler. You've tuned in. You might know that. You might have uh, downloaded this by accident, thinking that it was the Handsome Rambler with Hannibal Burris, but it is not. You've tuned into the wrong podcast if you're looking for that. You've tuned into The Rambler. The original, the OG with Mike McDonald. That's me. For you, those of you who are just tuning in or are unfamiliar with, uh, with me, I am a Korean adoptee. And I interview or have conversations with uh, adoptees, both international and transracial. And uh, it's good. It's good. I get a lot of good conversation, very stimulating stuff going on. And, uh, you know, we, we got one good for you today, ready to go. For your ears, for your brain, for your soul, uh, if you believe in that kind of thing. And uh, it's Peggy Galdemez. Peggy Galdemez. She is a Korean adoptee to the United States. And she uh, she got in touch with me through Facebook to share her story. So you have that to look forward to. How have you guys been? It's December. It's getting colder here. I have uh, moved, actually, to from New York down to North Carolina. I've done a successful move. And uh, we, uh, we got a new house. We've been setting it up slowly. And uh, we're, we're just kind of hanging out here. It's actually cold in North Carolina, if you believe that. It's crazy. We're going through this cold snap now. It rained. Kind of this gross, uh, nasty, wintry mix the past few days. It looks sunny out now. But uh, it, it was it's getting colder. It's probably in the 30s today. Which is, you know, uh, weather that I like, but people down here don't seem to like it very much. And then I get frustrated as a northerner driving around very aggressively uh, comparatively to North Carolina. Where, you know, we'll get to a four-way intersection and people are just like, no, you go. No, you go. No, you go. And they're trying to be nice, but I'm just like, you're, you're ruining the system. This is how gridlock happens. Just go. Just somebody go. Whoever got here first, just go. That's how the system works. Please, for the love of God. And then I just start laying on my horn and people get upset that I'm being very mean. But, you know, that's that's just how uh, that's how I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll maybe I'll come down, but probably not. Anyways, I have a very important announcement for you. Longtime listeners uh, or new listeners, really. I guess any listeners <laughs> to the show uh, at the end of the podcast. So. Listen closely to the end if you want to hear the news, okay? Other than that, let's just get started. Let's get started with the show, okay? Here's my conversation with Peggy Galdemez. Enjoy. Enjoy. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Peggy. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Now, you reached out to me on Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. So uh, you came and visited my, my uh, Facebook page for The yes. Rambler. And yes, how, did, did. how did you hear about the show? So I actually heard you because you were interviewed and a guest on the Adoptees On podcast with Haley. Yep, that is true. And um, I, I was exploring, trying to find podcasts for adoptees, and mm-hmm. there weren't like a ton of them out there. And when I found hers, I was super excited and then started listening. And then when she interviewed you, I was like, oh, that's just so cool. There's another person doing podcast interviews, you know, of adoptees and in the same vein for adoptees. Yeah. 
And I was very, of course, like excited also to find out you were a Korean American adoptee like myself. Mm -hmm. And so I started listening to yours and um, of course found you on Facebook as well and really enjoyed. I'm, I'm going through, I haven't listened to all of them, but I'm, I'm going through them. <laughs> there are a lot. There's a lot out there. <laughs> And there, but it's really nice. It's, it's, it's nice. I've been kind of bouncing back between um, yours and Haley's, like, mm -hmm. you know, listening to both. So it's been really good, really and good. Haley experience. is awesome. And she, you know, yeah. they're, they're good because they're different shows, right? So right. Haley, is, she runs a different show than I do. We specifically, mm -hmm. you know, on this show, we focus on interracial and transracial adoptees. Mm -hmm. uh, so she does not do that. She's a domestic Canadian adoptee, I believe. So yes, it's like, it's a, a little bit of a different focus. Uh, but yeah, there aren't a whole lot of uh, uh, adoptee-led podcasts out there or adoption-related podcasts in general, I don't think. I mean, I don't know what you found. I haven't, I haven't really looked around lately. <laughs> I haven't found anything outside of you two, although who knows, maybe someone is inspired by you guys and mm -hmm. wants to create their own. But um, I think there I are a few else. more out there now. There's like, I think it's called The Light of Day or, or Out of the oh, Fog. Okay. I think there's a couple of them out there. So you, may, you might want to look into those as well. Okay. Uh, you know, all, cool. I, we all follow each other on Twitter now, too. So, ah, <laughs> yes, I hear that's the way to go. And maybe I should get on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, did you do a lot of any other social networking? So, yeah, Facebook, you do the podcasts. Yeah, Facebook, podcast, um, Instagram. But that's just kind of like a quick, you know, flip flip through. Um, mm -hmm. But no, I, I know Twitter seems to be really, really popular. So, um Maybe I should be checking that out a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> do you listen to a lot of podcasts? Are you a big pod podcast junkie? I do. Yes. I really enjoy podcasts a lot because um, where I live, I'm in traffic a lot. And oh, yeah? it's a nice way to pass the time in traffic. Yes. I, I know what that's like. What other what other podcasts are you hooked on right now? You know, the one that um, actually got me hooked to podcasts is The School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of him. I have not. <laughs> What's that um, one about? So he is, um, what does he call himself? I mean, he's definitely an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. um, started out as a professional athlete and got injured and then mm. ended up like, you know, broken and in debt and living on his sister's couch mm. and not much of a positive outlook on life. And then from there, now he's, I, he, I believe he runs like a multi-million dollar business now Wow! and just how that transformation took place for him. And then all the people he brings onto his show are super inspirational as well. Um, you know, everyone from like, you know, Tony Robbins mm -hmm. to um, the, the latest and greatest people that you hear about and read about. Um, so he's, he has a really interesting podcast. I enjoy listening to his. Um, and then well, primarily I've been focusing on you guys because I've just discovered you guys. So I put my other podcast to the side. Oh, man. Um, I know. I know. Um, but a, pretty much um, ones related to like the health and wellness field. I, uh -huh. I really enjoy those as well. Um, like Elizabeth Gilbert. She has her own podcast too. Uh, things like that of that nature. Okay. And what was that first one called again? The School of Greatness. The School of Greatness. So do you, you recommend people check that out? Yeah, I mean, I find the interviews to be very inspirational, and um, it's just, it's really, it, he comes from a very, I believe, I get a very genuine, good-hearted uh, mm. reason for him to interview people. It's not like, oh, hey, how do you make more money? You know, it's like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hey, this was 
um, something really important to me and the message that I want to bring. And by the way, this is what it looks like for me in my business right now, for example. Oh, well, that um, sounds pretty cool. And I, I like the <laughs> idea of a positive outlook on life. I'm a pretty positive guy. So Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but well, let's talk about you. So you, you said you have a long commute to work or you're stuck in traffic a lot. Are yes, you out I of like in- LA or something? I feel like that's like traffic capital of the world. It is traffic capital. I'm actually in the Bay Area. The Bay Area. Yes. So okay. we used to, when I moved here back in 2000, mm-hmm. it would take me, for example, maybe like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to get to work. And now it's like a 45 minute commute. Oh yeah. Good for podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So well, how, how really much of a congested. distance is that for 45 minutes is like five miles away. Like you'd be better off riding a bike there. <laughs> I know it's pretty obscene. I want to say like, yeah, it's probably like 10 miles or something like that. That's crazy. Maybe it, it is. It's ridiculous. But at least you're in the Bay Area. It's nice out there. It is very nice. Um, we have a, a never ending amount of like what to do, right? You can yeah. always find something to do, whether that's mm-hmm. uh, go to the beach, or go to the mountains. Um, we don't have the four seasons, but- um, But you do I have mean, nice I, weather. But we do have very nice weather. I, I like to say that we pay for our weather because we have like one of the highest cost of living that's you know, true. places to be out here. Um, what else? We have, oh gosh, well food, right? You can mm-hmm. never go wrong. We have so many, different cultures living here that you have an accessibility to food pretty much 24 7 that's awesome it is really awesome and the attitude is very laid back in california it's a little bit more relaxed right i i I definitely think so although this being like the tech world right silicon valley oh yeah Mm mm-hmm there's there's that culture as well yeah i guess that's not as relaxed as (laughs) as it used to be pre silicon valley yeah, so I, I'm not a part of the tech industry. My husband is, and um, it's pretty intense, you know. Mm-hmm. I would say for all these engineers out here, I, I, oh yeah, I, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. They're like it's uh, is it like a high pressure environment that, or can you kind of flit around from like Amazon to Microsoft to you know uh, Google or any of these other companies? I mean, since I'm not really in that field, I can't really say for sure. But what I hear from my friends is. Um, there's definitely a lot of job opportunities, mm-hmm. like if you leave one company to find another company, but at the same time, there is the pressure and demands of meeting, you know, whatever the expectation is of your position. Yeah. And because it's very, um, I think it's pretty competitive too for mm-hmm. engineers to a certain degree. I bet. So, All yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you grow up in California? Where did you grow up? So I'm a Midwestern girl. I grew oh, yeah. up, I claim Michigan as my home. Mm-hmm. So very, very different uh, community. A Michigander, yes. Where, where um, were you on the mitt? Okay, I love it. You know the mitt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in the mitt, it would be like where Kalamazoo, it's Kalamazoo. And mm-hmm. that's like right here at this part. Right in like the thumb crease. Like in the thumb crease. Yeah. <laughs> And you, where were you adopted from? So I was adopted from Seoul uh-huh. and came to America when I was six months. Okay, so super and young. Super young, super baby, and came directly to Battle Creek, Michigan. Battle Creek, Michigan, mm-hmm. a place I know nothing where, about. Well, where the Kellogg um, 
Kellogg family started their cereal oh, company okay. business, and I mm-hmm. believe it's still there too. So we lived there, and then um, my parents are both from Michigan, so we lived in the state of Michigan for a little while. Uh, my mm-hmm. parents divorced when I was two, oh, and okay. so we moved around quite a bit um, mm. growing up, actually. So I've lived all over the Midwest, but I, I just say claim Michigan as my home because that's where I first landed when I came here. Okay. And why, why yeah. did you guys move around so much? So, um, I'm not really sure like, <laughs> why my parents moved so much. It was, I was telling my mom the other day, I said, do you realize that we moved every two years of my life, like school wise? Yeah, that's a lot I, of movement. It's a lot of movement. Pretty much from the time I hit preschool up until college, I moved every two years. Wow. Schools. And it was, it was, yeah, I mean, it was kind of hard, but at the same time, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was a teacher. Yeah, she's retired, so she is a teacher, was a teacher. My dad um, was a hospital nursing home administrator. Okay. So between teaching and medical, jobs were pretty easy to come by. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure why they felt like they needed to move so much, though. But they got divorced like, when you were two? Yeah, they got divorced when I was two. And, uh, wait, I, so did they move together around or what was, how did that work? No, they moved like in the vicinity of each other, uh-huh. but, but like definitely not in the same city. Okay. Yeah. So, and then I have an older brother mm-hmm. also adopted from Korea. And how much um, older is he? He's three years older. Okay. Yeah. And then I have a younger half brother who's adopted from Brazil. Oh. So. Wait, so a half-brother in what way? How does that work? So when my dad, I think that's right. So when my dad divorced, he remarried uh, my stepmother, mm-hmm. and then they adopted my half-brother. Ah, I see. Yes. So this so, is, that's crazy. <laughs> so we're like a big international eclectic yeah. mix. <laughs> yeah. So who did you end up spending uh, more time with, I guess? So... When let's say, okay, so when I was in second grade, yeah, so up until second grade, I lived with my mom. My brother mm-hmm. and I lived with my mom, and she unfortunately uh, suffered from like a fall and she oh, injured no. herself pretty badly, like a uh, torn ligaments and stuff. Oof. And she will always say this is her greatest regret, but she ended up not feeling like she could fully take care of us mm. um, in the way that she wanted to. Mm-hmm. So she gave, at that time, I think my parents had like partial split custody of us, but she gave up full custody rights to us um, at that time. Mm. To, so we went to live with my dad and stepmom Okay. when it was like the summer before my third grade year. Ah, I see. And then from that point on, I lived with my dad and stepmom. Uh-huh. Later, we went to boarding school, my brother, my older brother and I. And then my senior year in high school, I decided I wanted to go back and live with my mom. So it was a pretty big gap between second grade and my senior year in high school. Yeah. Well, how was that? And what led you to that decision? So we'll, we'll go back <laughs> to second grade then. How okay. was it growing up all around the Midwest? <laughs> It was pretty um, interesting. I was, my brother and I were, ex- okay, so let me back up. When we lived in Evanston, Illinois, when we lived with my mom, preschool, kindergarten, and first grade, mm-hmm. that was by far like one of the happiest 
memories I have as far as like where we lived because um, the school that we went to, it was a parochial school, which I didn't know at the time, but it was a really good school. We got scholarships to go there. My mom couldn't afford to send us there. Mm. And um, it was such a culturally diverse community when I think back now. Like I had friends from all of different countries in the world and, and when with my dad, everything changed. And um, the school that we went to, it was a good school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was less culturally diverse. But there were some eight, like there were, I had one Korean friend in my third grade class. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh my God, you're Korean, so am I, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> and we did a, a a report. We had to do like a project on a uh-huh. country. So of course, like we chose Korea. So for I didn't know anything about you Korea. Could do it together though. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, she nice. like knew all of the stuff to like present, and uh-huh. I just like helped build the clay model of the mountain <laughs> and. And the 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 our river and stuff like that. Was it um, educational for you? Um, I think that's actually the first time I ever got introduced to. Is it is it Mandu the? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Because her dumplings. her yeah her mom made Korean food for us. Very and nice. Was, like, <laughs> usually, like one of the only or the only or maybe there's one other Asian kid in the school, but mostly it was just us. Mm-hmm. And um, that gave me a whole new perspective of the world like I didn't understand why I would be asked ridiculous questions as a kid or treated Mm -hmm. differently or made fun of because I had grown up up until that point feeling like oh I'm just like everybody else I don't see anything different Mm -hmm. per se and why would you see something different with me so that was kind of hard just to get slapped in the face with some reality of what racism looks like and prejudice. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not always as uh, crazy as it is now or was in like the sixties, right? It's not all always yeah. in your face. Sometimes it's, it seems benign to the person who's, who's doing it or asking the questions. Oh, totally. And yeah. it's like, these are, uh, you know, people say there's no such thing as dumb questions or stupid questions, but there for sure are. <laughs> oh, there are the things I mean, it's like some. I just it almost makes me want to like write a book of like the most ridiculous things I've ever been asked because I'm Asian and <laughs> you know, like really. <laughs> you should do. That. I feel like many people would identify with the same uh, experiences. <laughs> I think so. What were some just, of the dumbest things you've been asked? Okay, so I had this girl in middle school. We were uh-huh. watching a football game, scrimmage, whatever. That's what you did back then. Sit on the bleachers and freeze and watch football, and. <laughs> She looked at me and she said, so can you like see those people standing over there? Because of I, your eye? <laughs> yes. And I said, what are you talking about? She says, yeah, see those people? She's like, you know, because your eyes are shaped like that. Uh-huh. And I was like, are you kidding me? She goes, well, I'm just asking. I'm like, of course I can see them. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is so stupid. And see, then, I'm the like, kind of guy who'd be like, what people? Just like just to mess with them. I wish I would have like had that like where for all, but no, I was like, what are you talking about? Of course mm-hmm. again. <laughs> and then I had this one woman ask me one time if um she was like, Oh, you're Asian. I'm like, Yes, sort of, yes, yes, I am. And she's like, Well, what are you? I said, Well, I was born in Korea. She goes, Oh, I have a Korean neighbor. Do you know her? Oh yeah. Because <laughs> we all know each other. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, actually, later I caught on to that, and I was like, yes. And I, I also know Taekwondo. <laughs> I am fluent in Korean and other languages, and I play piano and violin. So. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, all of them. I do it all. Yeah. As a virtuoso, <laughs> and I'm not playing Mary Had a Little Lamb. Oh, no. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I've been asked to solo at, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're calling I got to go next week to New York to play <laughs> Carnegie. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So that was kind of a slap in the face then in uh, middle school, huh? Yeah, it was. It was it was definitely well, so you'll find this I didn't I can't even believe like this happened to us because it seems so ridiculous. I know my parents were trying to do the right thing by us. Uh -huh. My dad and stepmom, but they moved us from a very large suburban neighborhood of fairly culturally diverse communities mm -hmm. we had you know they're european and asian and um, a very large filipino community and we moved all the way out to this little hick town called julesburg colorado it's like the armpit of colorado <laughs> the I armpit think... of colorado that's the first yes. time i've heard that <laughs> intrastate like you could spit and see nebraska like spit into nebraska it was like right there at the border uh -huh. and i think the population was maybe 5,000 people, maybe? Mm, small. I think my high school was like marginally bigger or smaller than that. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um. So everyone knew everybody. Uh -huh. um, the only thing like high school kids did around there was drink and get pregnant. Sounds about right. And, sure. <laughs> yeah. And like all of a sudden we moved in and it was like, what just happened? And yeah. there were no Asian people. We were in Hickville. And Why did they decide on this community? I don't know. I think my dad wanted to be like, I guess this job opportunity being a hospital nursing home administrator was too good to pass up on. Oh, I see. Um, so, and I should also mention they are Seventh-day Adventist, mm -hmm. which is a very fairly hardcore, strict religion. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to send us to the one room school Oh, that yeah. was in the basement of the Seventh-day Adventist church. Oh, in the basement. Nice. Yes. And there was like, <laughs> 12 of us so you got to go to church every day yep to go to church school. every day well friday evenings and saturday wait so every day plus friday evening and saturdays and wednesday evening and when what was wednesday evening it was just like more biblical lessons what did you go on sunday too no that was our day off sunday that is crazy <laughs> so you do the opposite of all the other christians and you take sunday off yes the, the Seventh-day Adventists are like uh, the Jewish faith that Sabbath is Saturday. Uh-huh. Fr uh -huh. Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Sunday you're chilling. Sunday we're chilling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you grew up very religious. It was pretty hardcore. Yeah? Mm hmm Yeah. So in the one-room school of 12 kids, uh -huh. I was there for my fifth no, sixth grade and seventh grade year. Okay. And and then that dissolved into the church couldn't fund or pay. I don't know what happened. And then all of a sudden we were thrown into the public school system. Was that like another shock? Year. It was a huge shock. I was I was scared half to death. Uh-huh. I didn't know. And like right away, kids were like, I felt like a, I don't know, like somebody's like science project people are just like so like curious and like what where did you come from and who yeah. are you and you know like we've never had an asian person here before and i didn't know what to do like i was so overwhelmed yeah. being with like 12 kids for two years mm -hmm. and in a very private 
bubble and yep. then all of a sudden we're like okay here's the very white very hick oriented <laughs> school ah! so did you end up being like friends with any of those 12 kids in your class or was it just like uh you just go to church school every day and then go home. I think, I mean, I do remember making some friends because uh-huh. it was like we, we only had each other, yeah. you know, like every day to like talk to. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's kind of like you kind of wanted to at least have a nice time. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was actually very, like when I think back on that, we had some really very, I think, uh, educational moments that other kids probably wouldn't have gotten to experience. Oh yeah. Like we were out, exploring what our science lesson was like crawfish or something so we were out in the river like collecting and getting crawfish and like wow. catching them and finding them stuff like that right you can do that like with 12 kids right uh, yeah it's manageable i guess right? we, didn't, we didn't do anything like that where i grew up i don't think there's no. any crawfish in new jersey and if there are we, yeah you don't want to touch them I, i'm sure stuff like that so we had some free reign to like explore uh-huh. and that was cool but definitely like I was very ill prepared going into the public school system. Yeah. Well, well did year. you end up getting the same questions and uh, stares and all that stuff? You had to redo your whole social structure every two years, every time you moved. Yep. Every two years had to did, do it. Did that get any easier <laughs> or was it just like a mess every time? You're just like, Oh, here we go again. Um, I learned to be a really good observer of people mm-hmm. and um, be very much in the background and quiet to figure out who, who were my people to be comfortable with yeah. and who were my people to stay away from mm-hmm. and who I could associate with and, and just knew like, okay, you want to stay with those people over there mm-hmm. and try to make friends there. Um, I was never like, Hey, what's up everybody? How You know, I was, <laughs> I could pretty much like disappear if I wanted to. So you got pretty so. good at reading the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it was I think it was just one of those like survival skills, right? Yeah, yeah. You never know like what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know like how long it was going to last either. Mm. So, yeah, that's true, I guess. Uh, I mean, if you're did you eventually just figure out it's going to be like every two years, just on average, we're going to be somewhere else. Maybe because yeah, because let's see. So my eighth grade and freshman year was at the the, the public school and then um yeah and then after that my parents told me i was gonna go to boarding school and they sent me off to boarding school and how was boarding school from public school then you know what i have to say boarding school was awesome yeah i love boarding you love boarding school i love boarding school (laughs) i was so happy i think to be away from my parents oh yeah (laughs) and like not you know, because that's the age where you're starting to rebel. Yep. You want to do mm-hmm. your own thing. Sure. You want to be cold. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I'm on my own, sort of. <laughs> you're at least out of the out of the immediate house area. <laughs> yes. And and I remember coming with my stepmom every single day. And my dad would come home from work and just be, like, exhausted. He would be mm-hmm. like, why can't I come home to a peaceful home? Why do I have to come home? And you guys are on like on constantly arguing and just on each other every day. Oh yeah. So I think it was a great relief for all of us, to be mm-hmm. honest. And uh, did, did your brother end up going to boarding school too? Or, or is it just you? No, my, they sent him ahead of me actually. Uh-huh. Because he to, like, got test the water. Yeah. He got in some really big trouble at public school and got kicked 
pretty much like got he didn't get kicked out but he was <laughs> it was a mutual understanding <laughs> he he had a big his name was well known in the community um unfortunately with oh, the police department really yes troublemaker small town very, troublemaker oh yeah big time he wanted to make a name for himself i believe was he trying to throw a a, a dance in the town that outlawed dancing what was <laughs> footloose oh i like that movie um <laughs> no he well he did throw a kegger at our house when my parents were gone although it was Ooh, like ridiculous classic because yeah, except for my stepmom worked at the nursing home where my dad was also, and oh, okay. it's like like not even like two miles away. Like, <laughs> so they weren't like out of town. <laughs> they were like in town, but not in the house because they were working the overnight shift or something. Oh, I don't know so what. he just saw an opportunity, but didn't really plan this out too well. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Uh, so the cops yeah. came by for that. Into my duck and cover position under my bed. <laughs> I was like, oh god, I don't know what to do. Nice. Uh, yeah. So they pretty much were like, "You're out of here." They sent so, him off to boarding school. Uh-huh. And they thought he did so good there. They decided to send you. Yes. To. Then they were like, "We don't want you to fall in your brother's footsteps, so you're going to boarding school too." You didn't throw any keggers though. Oh no, no. I was like really. I mean, yeah, I was definitely like pull an attitude but i was a good like i knew the limits like i didn't cross the lines i was very good i was always like the one going to church never Mm -hmm. creating problems about that oh my god but he didn't want to go to church oh no my brother hated everything to do with that (laughs) and he never had a really strong relationship with my stepmom ever Uh So that was always there, unfortunately. Well, I guess he was probably old enough at, what, five then, right? Because he's three years older. That Yeah. That your parents' divorce probably hit him a little bit harder than at two. Oh, big time. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was a huge, huge, huge uh, blow to him. I, I know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it probably yeah. affected him quite a bit. It did. It did. So how was boarding school? So you liked boarding school. Did he like boarding school I too? Did. Or was it just uh, he was like, I guess I'm out of the house. <laughs> He liked it, and then he got kicked out of boarding school. <laughs> Did he throw a kegger at the boarding school, too, in the dorms? Well, he successfully was brewing his own beer. That's pretty uh, good. I couldn't do that with my own <laughs> kit, so uh, good for him. He figured it out from getting, you know, some of the basic supplies from the kitchen that he uh. took, I'm sure, and with his <laughs> band of merry men over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, he got kicked out. For like, brewing beer. Uh, for brewing beer. And, you know, of course, what does every boarding school kid want to do when they're not supposed to go sneak off campus, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, go hang out and do stuff. So he also did that and got caught with his other friends. And, I unfortunately, I think there was some narcotics involved as well that uh-huh. they got caught with. Right. So it was classic, like... Classic troublemaking. Classic troublemaking. Although yep. the beer brewing, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Usually it's like you're drinking or something like that. But to be like, no. I'm brewing my own stuff. <laughs> that's a step brewing. further. That's pretty awesome. I got to yeah. give him props. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, that's like stuff of legend. You're like, this kid. He brewed, he, he was like Sam Adams of this, yes. This, yes. this boarding school. Yes, I know. He pulled it off, I believe, for a, a good amount of time before getting caught. Wow, so. good for him. Good for him. But you were not also brewing any like toilet wine or bathtub wine. Oh, no, no. I was doing my homework. I was still coloring the lines. 
turning in my assignments, mm-hmm. doing my work, following the rules, but just not making any waves any anywhere. I was just happy to like be away from the arguing and feeling independent and Did being anybody accountable. Like give you any attitude because they knew your brother's reputation? You're like, oh, you better watch out for this one. She might be she might be brewing her own beer down there. I don't think so. I think I think you were unaffected by by I think I was totally unaffected. Although when I knew my brother was getting like going through the process of like probation <clears throat> and getting kicked out, mm-hmm. my I was I was sad because, you know, it's my older brother and I didn't wanna I mean, not that we were super close because he was like, eh, get away from me, but like <laughs> I'm too busy for you, but I don't like, need my it, little sister hanging around I, me. Yeah, pretty much. She's like, don't hang out with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but at least it was comforting to know he was there because mm-hmm. he's my family. And sure. so when he was going through the whole probation process, I my grades dropped. I was kind of in a funk mm. and I was pretty bummed out. Did the school and- recognize what was happening? Yeah, they talked to me a little bit. They talked to my parents. My parents talked to me. And it was all, like, okay. Like, mm-hmm. what, I mean, what do you guys expect? Like, I'm not going to feel excited and happy. And my right. grades aren't just going to, like, bounce back because we've had this pep talk, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, yeah. So, then he he took off and uh, kind of vanished out of the picture for a little while after that. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed on, uh, finished up my junior year. And then my senior year, I decided to um, head out back to go live with my mom. Okay. So it was like Did you a st- big so shock. You didn't stay in the boarding school? Only for my sophomore and junior year. Okay. And then you moved yeah. in with your mom. And then did you go back to a public high school? Or what was the story? Yeah. So the boarding school was only like maybe 200 kids. Public school, I think my senior class was like 800 kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on up from 12 to 200 to 800. It was wild. I was like, oh my God, what have I done? (laughs) And how was that? It was another culture shock. Uh It was going from being in a very consistent, comfortable, independent environment to all of a sudden going back to living with a parent that I hadn't. I mean, I saw my mom. I lived like in the summertime. I got to be with her because with her teaching job, she had summers off. Mm -hmm. And so did I. So it wasn't like a stranger but still we didn't we weren't used to each other in that way right right. um and all of a sudden it was like back to rules Mm. back to trying to find my way with a bunch of new kids that i didn't know and everyone thought i was a foreign exchange student freshman oh great i i with my coming into something so new like that i decided that where i felt most comfortable was to be with the foreign language students Mm -hmm. because i knew that they were kind of in the same boat as me even though you and, were not a foreign language student. Right, exactly. But it was like, okay, we're all new. We're all like trying to figure out where do we fit in. Uh-huh. And um, I've, I've always enjoyed other cultures and mm-hmm. I felt really comfortable to me. So I made some really good friendships that last year with my foreign exchange student friends. <laughs> Did those friendships last? Do you still keep in touch with them? Uh Sadly, no, we, you know, once all went your separate ways, once like we got into like probably like our first or second year of college, we all just kind of like kind of, yeah, went our separate ways, I mm-hmm. guess. Not that we meant to, it was just life, you know, that's just how life works. Yeah. Yep. 
So, and what did your brother end up doing uh, when he got back? Did he end up going to school again or somewhere else? Or uh... Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, he went on and went to... Okay, so he totally—he literally like disappeared from our lives for like I don't know five or six months. Like oh, really? I don't even after yeah, like, school. Once he got kicked out, he was pretty much like gave the bird to everybody and was like, "I'm out of here." Wow. And I don't—I don't even know. There were like times I remember, like I didn't know where he was. I didn't know how to get a hold of him. I didn't mm-hmm. know anything. I was worried about him, but I, I had no way to like contact him. And then I think he ended up. What did he do? There was so much back and forth with my family. So then when I went back to Michigan to live with my mom, mm-hmm. I think he decided to give college a try too. Okay. And he went, he got a scholarship and got accepted at Albion University, which is a nice small, um, I think it's a liberal arts college. And I think he only lasted like a year. Mm-hmm. And he got kicked out. <laughs> so... <laughs> It was a very long, tumultuous road for my brother. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. And what, what was the um, impetus for you to move back in with your mom? You said you had a good time in boarding school. And <laughs> uh, then what happened? I think for me, I had always felt this um, like deep down longing to have that connection back to my mom mm-hmm. that she had severed with us. And I, it just felt like that was my only time to do it. Like I had to do it then. Mm. I mean, I could have waited and everyone was, my dad was super angry with me for not sticking out my senior year there. Um, And of course I know that my, I had friends that were sad and I was sad, but I just, something inside of me was like, just telling me like, this is, this is the time to do it. Like you Mm -hmm. need to do this now. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to, because by then I was old enough, I didn't have the courts to tell me what I could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to take that power back and make my own decision and not have anybody tell me how I, where I needed to be and you know who I needed to be with. Because mm-hmm. my mom had tried for years after that to get regain custody and my dad was like, nope, you gave them to me and that's that. Wow. So um, I think it was just a combination of those things of... Mm-hmm. Me feeling that internal pull combined with I'm making my choice now. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And how was it after the adjustment period of going back to your mom's and having rules again, <laughs> getting used to that? It was hard, to be honest. Like she and I had, we were happy to be back together, but it was just redefining the relationship. And sure. I wasn't used to having, not, I mean, of course I had a curfew at boarding school, but. I don't know. It was different. Like with my mom, I felt like all of a sudden I had all these rules imposed on me that I hadn't had before. Mm. Cause I think there is a certain amount of flexibility or freedom in boarding school. As long as you get your stuff done and you don't screw with things up, you can kind of come and go. Right. But with my mm-hmm. mom, it was very regulated. That was hard. And I think I was going through enough stuff at that time that I decided this is my time to rebel. So, <laughs> So you started your own brewery in so her that basement. Point, that's right. <laughs> through a kegger of beer that you made yourself. That's right. That's right. Going to carry on the tradition. Um, what did yeah, you do so to rebel? How, how did I, this manifest? 
I mean, okay. So the first, my first steps were to get my ears pierced because that was against the church, right? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They were like, no go on the ear piercings, and you were like, no go done. on any jewelry, right? Like wedding bands are even like a big deal to have that in the church when they really? approve that. Wow. Yes. It's a very strict religion. Okay. So that was my first thing I did was I'm old enough. I'm getting earrings. Watch me. Click, click. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, you came in I, and she was like, what is that? <laughs> well, my mom was cool with it. It was my dad and my stepmom. Oh, were really? Uber, they were upset. Re- they were the uber religious ones. And I just said, yeah, I got my ears pierced. And they were like okay mm. plus this <laughs> um, face tattoo exactly <laughs> can't see it i've got my makeup on oh yeah yeah <laughs> you're even thinking about employability till later you're like i know right <laughs> totally and then i turned 18 and i uh decided to grab a pack of cigarettes and commit myself to smoking cigarettes oh, <laughs> at wow. that time yep all right see yep how long and did that my last? Mom, uh, you know what? I was very consistent. I decided I was not going to give up on this. I was going to be rebellious, right? <laughs> so it was like, I don't know, maybe like two or three years of smoking. Wow. Yep. And then um, I also decided I was going to dye my hair <laughs> purple. Purple. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my mom like totally ruined it for me because... She she caught on in what I was doing, and she's like, "Well, sweetie, um, I talked to my hairstylist, and if you like to dye your hair purple, these are her recommendations. And in fact, if you'd like me to take you in, I can do that." I was like, "No, she's spoiling my." <laughs> All of a sudden, this is less cool. <laughs> this is way less cool. <laughs> so you didn't dye your hair purple. I didn't dye my hair purple. My mom bought me Smoker's toothpaste. Ooh. I know. Is that like extra whitening? What is smoker's toothpaste? Yeah, it's like something so like the yellow doesn't build up. And oh, like, nice. I don't know. I was like, I'm not using this stuff. <laughs> so she's trying to spoil your plans. She is. She totally. Yeah. And Did she then, do it? She, 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 it sounds like it worked with the hair. It only worked with the hair. It didn't work with the cigarettes. I kept going. And then... Um, Let's see. Of course, yeah, there was plenty of drinking involved. Uh-huh. And uh, and then what was – oh, oh, and then my brother decided to move back in with us at one point, and then he's like, well, hey, since you're rebelling, and I'm like the king of rebellion, why yeah. don't we rebel together? <laughs> he's found an ally. He's like finally right? grown up. Finally, I've been waiting for you to be rebellious. So, um, you know, like any good older brother would do, he was like, well, let me introduce you to marijuana. Oh, (laughs) very good. You're already smoking. Let's get something out of it. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, that was kind of like the the beginning of the rebellion. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then you went to college. Yeah. Well, I didn't actually even want to go to college. but your mother said, get, me, I was, get this kid out yeah. of my house with her pierced ears and her cigarettes. <laughs> I was so, like, um, taking every opportunity to go from being the good girl who was, like, raising the Christian faith for so long into uh-huh. now, like, I don't – I'm going to be an I don't care person. I'm going to paint my nails black. I'm going to oh, wear yeah. my grungy, grungy clothing with lots of shredding and ripped – 
you know, parts to my mm-hmm. pants and sure. I'm going to be angry. And so I, I literally like <laughs> took all of that and personified that and like who I was. And therefore I didn't care. Like I was like, I don't care. Did you like but move to Seattle like, <laughs> <laughs> or Portland? You fit in great there. Right? I know. Um, those are my people. And uh, I didn't want to go to college. I didn't want to care about anything. And uh-huh. in fact, I so regret this, but my mom offered me as a senior gift to pay for my trip to go to Korea to do the motherland tour. Oh, did you end up going? And she said, all you have to do is fill out your application. That's wow. it. I'll, I'll pay for it. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't care. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> the apathy was that deep. It was ridiculous and i so regret that because that would have been such a great time so you didn't go. go i didn't go you didn't fill out the application the one thing i didn't i rejected it i was like i reject you application oh is there something deeper there you're like i'm rejecting korea <laughs> probably <laughs> probably so part of me was like since you rejected me i'm rejecting you i don't need you anymore i quit you that's right <laughs> that's right and i'm gonna say it out loud yeah <laughs> Did you end up ever going to Korea? Sadly, no. You still haven't I gone? Have not. I still haven't There's gone. There's still an opportunity. There, there definitely is. And I've been um, actually, so thanks to your podcast and mm. podcast and interviewing Mike Mullen. Oh, yeah. I reached out to him oh, and great. asked if there was. <laughs> I like reaching out to people. Good, good. <laughs> I asked him if there was by chance um, any type of organization um, event happening here in the Bay Area. And he said, there oh, is. it's so great. Yeah. Yes. So and I know the president. <laughs> oh, really? Who's the president? Uh, Tommy Genzel, I believe, is the president of AKESF. And they're actually having, I believe, uh, this is going to be late information by the time your episode goes out. But they're having, uh, I think, a mini gathering uh, next, next week uh, around the 20th. I'm going to sh- their event. There you go. So you can t- yes. tell Tommy I said hello. I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. So that this will be my first ever, ever, ever experience going to a, an adoptee event, and really? specifically like Korean. Yeah, for Korean American adoptees. Wow. So you're you're like getting into it now. So this is like I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> are these your first kind of steps for rain exploring your identity as an adoptee? I feel like something about turning 41 this year, mm-hmm. like something clicked inside. I don't know what, what brought that, but it just something happened. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, for me, it was like, it's really important for me to understand, to explore, to start to the layers. Mm-hmm. And, um, Haley put in one of her, um, in her Facebook group about like coming out of the fog. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that's definitely what this is about. Mm. And, um, I just, I, I, I can't believe that like here I live in this wonderful place of so many different cultures and I literally know one other Korean American adoptee, like that's it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny cause I feel like there, you know, I live in New York and AKA membership is pretty big out here, but in a mm-hmm. city of like 10 million people, there's mm. statistically just gotta be more adoptees that are then are coming out to the events but yeah i think a lot of people and maybe you can tell me if this is true or not uh are comfortable in the fog you know they're used to their lives now they've gotten accustomed to it, and they just uh mm-hmm. don't think or want to think about that part of their lives until something mm-hmm. clicks or something happens yeah 
Is that how, so. how you feel? Is that uh, how you felt? Kind of I think so. Just going around your, living your life until 41? Yeah. Something happened. I don't know what it was. It was just like, ding. <laughs> there was <tight>. no event. <laughs> there was no event. It just, it was like this internal. You know what? I think it was probably always there and I didn't let it surface and I didn't allow it to be recognized. Mm. And for whatever reason, it was enough for me to say, hey, there's something. What is that something? And mm. I, I've always been a very intuitive person and very much in touch with like how I feel on the inside. And I think I finally was like, okay, so let's explore that. You know, mm. what is that? And um, I... I'm really excited to go to this event uh, next weekend at yeah. the 20th, 21st and see what that, see what that experience is all about, you know, talk and meet other adoptees and find out more about the organization. Maybe I can become involved in some way. I don't know mm -hmm. um, what that will bring, but I'm really excited. Like That's this awesome. is going to be, yeah, I, I am. I'm excited. Well, I'm happy that you're so excited. We, yeah, we'll have a contingent from uh, NYC out there as well uh, oh, to cool. say hello. So if you want to say hi to any of them. Uh, and they refuse to come to my show because I've known them since I was nine. So they think there's oh. a lot of dirt, <laughs> but there's not, there's not anything that, cause it, the thing about that is that we're all in the same boat together. So if I light right. the boat on fire, we're all going down. <laughs> so I don't know why they're so afraid to come on the show. They did. <laughs> yeah. You're a super like friendly person. Very, I, I very... agree. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. It's very comfortable. And they are friendly you. too. So when you, when you see them. Uh, okay. they should identify themselves as a New Yorkers or AKA members from New York. You okay. can, you can, uh, say hello. And... I will. <laughs> hey, you want to go on Mike's show? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they'll be like, no, no, we don't. <laughs> but they'll, they'll definitely be out. I'm sure people from all over are going to descend upon the Bay area to yeah. check it out. And I hope there's a lot yeah. of people out there like, uh, like yourself, first timers, um, mm -hmm. it'll be, I think eye opening. I don't know what kind of, do you know what kind of events or, uh, if they have any panels or discussions? Yeah, out? they do. They do. Um, what are you interested in? What, what caught your eye? Um, you know what? I have my paper. Oh yeah. Let's, I, let's... I, I just so happened to have my paper and just pull it out. <laughs> Not that exciting. I had planned that. Yeah. That's okay. okay. That's, what, that's what the joy of this show is that it's completely unscripted. <laughs> So there's the return to Korea that I'm interested in. It oh. uh, starts in the morning, the mm -hmm. lecture series. Um, I'm really interested in this post-adoption support and healing power of art. I think mm. that's going to be really, really cool. Um, then there's the somatic. Okay, this is a mouthful. Somatic empowerment through cross-cultural archetypes. Oh. Who's, who's running that one? That sounds like an Amy Ginther. <laughs> that. <laughs> Oh, you are probably correct. <laughs> <laughs> if she's going to be there. She works at uh, UCLA. What a, I think it's in the San Jose area or Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. That yes, sounds right. I th so, actually, I think, yeah, I think you're right. So uh, she she should be going to that. I can't imagine her passing something like that up. Mm. And then there's another one. There's a, there's two, but they're at the same time. There's a film symposium I'm interested in. Ooh. And then uh, one that's called IKAA Community Building. IKA, yeah. The International Korean Adoptee Association. So it's like ah. AKASF, AKA, the okay. European groups, the Korean groups. Oh, okay, you know, okay. That's too, when, you, nice. when you end up going back to Korea for one of the gatherings. They're the people that like run all the gatherings, oh, basically. Oh, 
okay, 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 got it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's yeah. It's gonna be a busy day. It's gonna be really good. <laughs> that's good. Listening and taking it all in, and hopefully meeting some really cool people. You're definitely gonna meet cool people. Are you going by yourself? I am. Yes. Okay. Can no I drive husband? up there. No kids. No. Well, my kids are gonna be with my husband at home. Uh-huh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> as much as I love my children, I don't want to have the distractions of mommy. I'm hungry, mommy. I'm bored, mommy. What are we doing? <laughs> That's good. It's good to take take the time yeah. for yourself. I think you're gonna you're gonna enjoy yeah. that. It sounds like a yeah. lot of you're interested in a lot of the art stuff. Yes, I I do enjoy the arts very much. Yes. So you're into the art. Well, good thing you're in the Bay Area. I feel like there's a lot of arts in California in general, but the Bay Area is very rich in that. I feel like. Yes, it is. It is. We're pretty. Pretty. Yeah, I think to. Oh, I can't remember, but it was um one of the persons Haley interviewed, and his one of the things that he was talking about is how he the healing process through art mm-hmm. and the expression of that and what that not traditionally in the sense i mean it could be like painting and sculpture and stuff but also it could mean for somebody writing poetry or journaling or sure you know whatever those that were, means those were my outlets when i was a kid and it's funny ah. so i'm uh i was going through some old stuff and i found all of my old like writing and poetry and everything from when I was in middle school. <laughs> oh, very cool. I haven't read it. I just right. I was like, oh, look at all this. I should go through this sometime. But I still haven't. <laughs> I still haven't brought myself to do it. I did find Pogs from fourth grade oh, that I wow. just threw out, unfortunately. But I took a picture and Instagrammed <laughs> it, so it's there in digital nice. forever. <laughs> nice, nice, yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I think in particular, if, if Amy is there, Amy Ginther, mm-hmm. you should go talk to her about that because. Okay. Uh, She's a, it's something she, she's pretty good at. She's a very artsy person. Her and I actually mm-hmm. did a show together in Korea uh, a Ooh. number of years ago. Uh, very so cool. So I think you, you'll have a lot to talk about with her. That'll be good. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like you're pretty interested in going back to Korea too, finally filling out the application. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I just going have to, to visit the old motherland. <laughs> and um, I haven't looked much into it yet, but um, from what I understand, there are actual like tours for Korean American adoptees there to, are to, to go on mm-hmm. for their first time experience of going back yep who were you adopted through I asked my mom that so my brother's adopted through Holt and I was uh-huh. adopted through a Lutheran agency but it no longer oh, exists okay interesting so I'm not really sure because I know Holt runs a motherland tour but I'm not mm-hmm. sure about the other ones or if there are organizations that you can go through uh, that are not your own. I'm not sure about that. There, yeah. I'm sure there are. And there are definitely different things run by like the Overseas Korea Foundation in Korea uh, mm-hmm. that you could go through. And you'll you'll probably get all that information in that session, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. No, but that is something good. that interests you? It is. I feel like I'm, I was never – I didn't really – like I was so indifferent or just, I don't care before. And now Mm -hmm. that I'm starting to open up these new doors and windows, it's definitely a part of that. And I want to learn more about that. I want to get more information and just kind of see like, what, what would that look like for me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is very exciting. I I just, uh, I recommend keeping an open mind to all kinds of different possibilities. Cause from here, all these doors will open and it's kind of like Pandora's box and it's never yes, what you're going to get. Yes, 
And yes. uh, you're probably going to cry a lot next weekend. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was re- just like, I, I was reading some woman's blog post and she's a Korean American adoptee and I can't remember her name, but mm-hmm. um, I'm really bad at remembering names, but she, she was sharing her experience and so much of it I could relate to. And I just yeah. read it. And I'm crying. I'm like, oh my God, I know what she's talking about. It's, yes, I get it. Mm-hmm. And um, I just started reading the primal wound and that's a very like intense read. Oh yeah, <laughs> taking it taking it slow and that's feeling good. Like you know, really just gaining some perspective on that. Um, yeah, it's just it's really it's really good to feel. I was telling, uh, making a comment in one of these groups how uh, my experience growing up, I've always felt like an outsider looking in, mm. and. Um, now that I am exploring this other side of me that I had just kind of pushed to the side, I feel like that's not the case anymore. Like I've actually found a community of people that I can relate to. They can relate to me mm-hmm. without any context of anything. It's just, you know what? You're yes. Like you're welcomed here. We get it. We understand. And it feels really nice to yeah. like be a part of, be a part of that and not, feel like you're the outsider looking in and that piece of that well you're definitely not here that's for sure and i hope you have a great time next week i think that's a good way that's an easy way in to introduce yourself to all these different things and uh you'll meet a lot of great people i'm sure in, out there at the akasf event i'm jealous Thank i want to go i want to go ah come out come out <laughs> <laughs> you know it's been forever since i've been to california and i'm sure it's beautiful out there uh, well, we have the fires right now, so. Oh God! I just saw some like yeah. devastating drone footage of that today. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So. It's really sad. Yeah. Uh, my heart goes out to everybody out there who's <laughs> suffering from from that kind of devastation. It's terrible. It's, I feel like it's yeah. been a lot of insane natural disasters lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Between. It's been a ton. Florida and Texas and Puerto Rico and California. It's just, mm-hmm. it's like nonstop. It's one after the I other. I know. It's I know. Crazy. The world's kind of falling apart right now. Uh, yeah. It seems that way. It's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but, but you'll have a good time next week. Regardless. Yes. Yes. Back to good times. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, you know, this is, this will all be, uh, that, that, all that stuff will end soon. But I think you'll have a good so. time. Keep your mind open. Meet a lot of nice people. Yeah, uh, thank you. you know, you're going to meet other people there who I'm sure will have stories like, yeah, I tried to dye my hair purple too. <laughs> <laughs> I was rebelling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I tried growing my hair out past my shoulders when I was a kid. That was my oh, rebellious nice. thing. I didn't want to cut my hair. Until oh. it started getting like past my shoulders, it starts getting wavy. And then somebody said uh, to my mother, I was out with my mother and my sister. And somebody oh. said to my mother that she had two beautiful girls. And I was like, I better, oh, I got to no. cut this hair. <laughs> this is not the look I was going that for. That was not what I was going for. <laughs> nope, not at all. So uh, that was embarrassing. And that was the, oh my gosh. <laughs> she probably paid him to say that in front of me. I think that's in my conspiracy theory mind. Yes. That's what happened. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> that like, sounds like something your mom would do. Well, how's your, how, how are right. your parents now? Are you keep in touch with them? Or are you? Mm. Yeah, so my mom and stepdad, they are in Michigan still. Uh-huh. Um, actually, they split their time between Michigan and Florida. They're good. Um, busy, just enjoying life, being retired and hanging out and traveling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad and stepmom are in Arizona. And ah. yeah, they're they're good too. I, I think that um, 
I think that it's interesting because, you know, having like divorced parents, it's always, that's always its own baggage and things. But mm-hmm. um, with the, the adoptee piece of it, I think that it's added another layer of challenge. Sure. Somebody and... should do a panel on that or a book on that. I'm sure that's a <laughs> whole thing in America. Being an adoptee of divorced parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I think that's a real thing. I I would agree. Um, yeah. So it has its own sets of challenges. And I think that what I've come to realize now is that the beautiful thing is that I get to decide like not only where I want to be in life, but who I want to be and being comfortable with that. Yeah. And I don't need to have those feelings of like, do I need my seek out my parents approval and whatnot? It's free, and isn't it? It's very free. It is. It really is. And so now that there's this whole new side that I'm exploring, it's kind of shifting relation my relationship with my parents a little bit. Mm. Um, and I'm just learning to like just go with it and just like for my part be okay with it. But I do think mm. I need to clue them in a little bit about what's going on. Sure. You haven't, you haven't they, completely told them that you're getting involved in all this and exploring the side of your identity. I have not. No. What about your brother? Sorry. Have you talked to your brother about this? No. Um, my brother, I haven't. He's in the Denver area. Mm-hmm. I think he's really, I think he's taken this, uh, I hear a lot about from these other groups, how adoptees have really just cut ties because there's just too much pain, too much, too mm-hmm. much of everything. And I think my brother's on the side of that. So he's really distanced himself greatly from all of us, mm. um, which makes me sad. But at the same yeah. time, like, I know that he's, got to do what he's got to do sure and you know he knows how to find me and i know how to find him there you go it's not like he's disappeared yeah um and then i think yeah just i think it's gonna be time soon for me to clue in my parents about what's going on Mm -hmm. because they they really don't know and how about your husband we haven't talked about him too much your family your immediate family but he he's pretty supportive yeah he is he's He's a little bit confused at times. Like, oh, I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't really understand because mm-hmm. he he's not. It's interesting. So his mother passed away when he was like five, mm-hmm. and his father was never really in the picture. So his grandparents took him in. Okay. So in a way, he kind of is adopted. Yeah. But, so he he gets in like the Simone things. Biles sense. Yeah, exactly. So he is he is in a way, but at the same time. I don't think he really understands like um, the parts of my life that have been really challenging and frustrating. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard for me to explain that and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he's super, super accepting of like me just doing what I need to do in order to feel right and be right. That's good. And that's, that's the bottom line. So yeah. There you yeah. Go. yeah. Well, awesome. He's, he's a good guy. Yeah. That's good. So Sounds like a good guy. <laughs> He well, is, he is, is there uh, any projects over the next week that you're kind of working on that you want to tell everybody about? Projects. Um. Well, I I don't know yet if it's going to happen, but um. Okay, so let me back up. There is a local adoption agency, well, sort of local. It's like an hour away, and they um have a support group that meets once a month mm-hmm. but it's like on a tuesday evening and i'm not able to do that so they were saying you know you could always start your own group 
And I was thinking about that. And so let's see where that leads. But a part of me is also very much interested in starting something um, like virtually. Oh, yeah. Um, like, like maybe my own Facebook group or something like that. I'm not really sure yet, like what that's going to look like. But I have now that the seed has been planted, I, I'm really interested and excited to explore what that may look like. Cool. Well, that sounds awesome. That would be really important for other people like myself to be able to come together and talk about the things that are on our hearts. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. where, where can people keep on lookout for that? Can they just contact you on Facebook or uh, yeah, on yeah, Instagram? Sure. Yes. So Pe- I have a. I don't think there's other Peggy Galdemezes out there. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> True, but Korean American with a Salvadorian <laughs> last name, probably not. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. So just yeah. look for you on those platforms. Yeah, Peggy Goldenbuzz. I think my Instagram says something like Peggy Live Well or something like that. Mm. But yeah, there's you'll see me and my kids and my husband okay. on there. Yeah. All right. Well, Peggy, thanks for coming <laughs> on the show and sharing your story. And I uh, look forward to hearing about how how uh, an AKSF is next week. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun and easy to talk to you. Oh, I hope so. That's what, that's what we aim for here. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your story. Cool. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. All right. Bye. All right, and that was my conversation with Peggy Galdemans. I want to thank Peggy for coming on the show. Thank you so much for coming, getting in touch with me, and sharing your story. Uh, listen, guys, I have something very serious and important to talk to you about. Um, I, with the move down to New York and North Carolina, I uh, have a new job. And sadly, I don't think I'm going to be able to uh, concentrate on much as much on the... Uh, doing interviews and having conversations as I used to back in New York. So uh, with deep sorrow, I am not officially totally 100% ending the show, but uh, I'm pretty much ending the show. (laughs) And I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I really love talking with all of the adoptees and people related to the adoption field that have come on the show and I want to thank everybody for coming on who has come on to share their story and uh, really make a stronger adoptee community. That's really the purpose of the show um, to share stories, to share experiences, create a nice safe place for adoptees to express themselves. And I think I've done a, an okay job of doing that. I hope, I hope you guys have gotten as much out of it as I have. I feel like I've gotten a ton out of it. I love hearing the stories of everybody. And uh, this isn't the end necessarily. I mean, I may do stuff in the future, but for now, this is not going to be uh, my major focus anymore. Um, So maybe this is an opportunity for somebody else out there to to create something of their own. That would be awesome. And I, I look forward to hearing that from somebody else. If somebody else wants to do this kind of thing, that'd be that'd be great. Uh, I know I would love it. Um, I hope you guys have a great uh, holiday season, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate, and New Year. 
And uh, I look forward to meeting and talking with you guys in the future. Maybe not on a broadcast basis or maybe on a broadcast basis. I don't know. Depends on the situation. But uh, for now, this is ending. So again, thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, The episodes will continue to be free and available uh, up online for as long as uh, the Podbean or whoever hosts it. And I appreciate your listenership. And I, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank the people for for everybody coming on the show and uh, telling their stories. So with that, I will be uh, ending here. Uh, I used to a lot more in the past, but lately not as much. Uh, Put some tunes on the back end of this deal. Put the tunes on the back end. Oh, yeah. Speaking of tunes, music today provided by uh, the Bell and Heel Drop Records, as well as a collective effort. And you can find them on SoundCloud. You can find all that on SoundCloud. Uh, They're all widely available if you want to hear more from them. But I will be ending this episode and the regularity of the Rambler series with a past guest and her music, Jacqueline Wells, from Boston. You should check out her episode and all past episodes online because they're all awesome. So, uh, again, thank you guys. And uh, this isn't goodbye. This is talk to you next time. Adios. Peace. Once I wanted to be one of you meant I couldn't be free. I just wanted to be pretty. I just wanted to be thing. Hurricanes flew through my I just pushed them aside, I quit all of my dreams for a simple life, I quit all of it just to be one of you guys. But it